And welcome back to the Word Encounter, episode 72. Yesterday we concluded in chapter 12 of seven of uh, Second Kings, so let's proceed on with chapter 13. Uh, at the end of chapter 12, we see that um, uh, that King Joash has died and his successor is now taken over. And it says, in the 23rd year of Judah's King Joash, son of Ahaziah, Jehoahaz, uh, son of Jehu, became king over Israel in Samaria, and he reigned 17 years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight and followed the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, uh, had caused uh, Israel to commit. He did not turn away from them. And so we see that um, uh, that Jehoahaz, who is the son of Jehu, he takes over for Israel. He didn't turn away from the sins that uh, Jeroboam had committed. And so, therefore, the Lord's anger burned against Israel, and he handed them over to the king of Aram. And so, uh, and then they started getting mistreated, and then Jehoahaz, uh, he made petition to the Lord, and the Lord responded and said in verse 5, Therefore the Lord gave Israel a deliverer, and they escaped from the power of the Arameans. Then the people of Israel uh, returned to their former way of life, but they didn't turn away from the sins that the house of Jeroboam had caused Israel to commit. Jehoahaz continued them, and the Ashira pole also remained standing in Samaria. Now, notice, this is interesting here, because the word says, and the people of Israel returned to their former way of life. In other words, they had been uh, living in, in, in catastrophic conditions, under catastrophic conditions, and they never really asked themselves, well, how did, they, how did we get here in the first place? Why are we in this condition? So they get delivered from that condition, and what do they do? They go right back to what they were doing before. And so... And again, this is, seems to be a condition of the human heart. We get into trouble, things happen, we don't understand why, we, we, we don't understand why, we get delivered from that situation, and then we return to doing the very thing that landed us there in the first place. And we just don't learn sometimes. We need to take these lessons and start uh, executing them, start instituting them, start grafting, grafting them into our lives so that we don't repeat this behavior. Anyway... Uh, let's go on. We go down to chapter 10. It says, in the 37th year of Judah's king, uh, Joash, um, Jehoash, son of Jehoahaz, became king over Israel and Samaria, and he, uh, he reigned 16 years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight and did not turn away from all the sins that Jeroboam had committed. We'll see a theme here. The word always refers to all, this, all the sins that Jeroboam had committed. And so Jeroboam is becoming like notorious in the Bible for the wrong reason. Think about that. I mean, would you, would you want that to be you, to be referred to in the negative context all the time? But we'll see that that's the case. Anyway, we go on to verse 14. It says, then Elijah became sick with the illness from uh, which he died. Uh, King uh, Joash or, or Jehoash of Israel went down and wept over him and said, my father, my father the chariots and horsemen of Israel. Of Israel. And so even though um, the king had done evil, Jehoash had done evil and whatnot, he still knew that Elijah, Elisha was a man of God. And when Elisha was dying, he went down and said, my father, my father, lamenting over the pending death. And so Elisha told him, look, go get a bow and some arrows and shoot one out the east window. And he says, that's the victory arrow from the Lord. Then he told him to grab some arrows and bang them on the, on the floor. And so, well, let's, let's just read it. In verse 18, he said, then Elisha said, take the arrows. So he took them. Then Elisha said to the king, strike the ground. 
So he struck the ground three times and stopped. Uh, then the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck the ground uh, five or six times. Then you would have struck down Aram until you put an end to them, until you put an end to them. But now you will strike down Aram only three times. Then Elisha died and he was buried. And so his last word uh, to the king was kind of a, uh, uh, you know, he's kind of condemning him for not being zealous enough in the instructions. And so we see in verse 24, it says the king of Aram died and his son Ben-Hadad came, uh, became king uh, in his place. Then Jehoash, son of Jeho, uh, Jehoahaz, took back from Ben-Hadad um, the cities that uh, the king had taken in war from Jehoash's father, Jehoahaz. Then Jehoash defeated Ben-Hadad three times and recovered the cities of Israel. And so it says he defeated them three times. He banged the arrows three times, and Elisha said you would defeat him three times instead of completely wiping him out. And so, yes, he did recover three cities, but he only defeated them three times. He could have wiped them out, but Aram would continue to be a thorn in the northern kingdom side. And for the lack, apparently, of zealousness that, uh, that the king uh, did not show when he was instructed to bang the arrows. And so in verse 14... Uh, excuse me, chapter 14, verse 1. Uh, then the second year of Israel's king, uh, Jehoash, son of Jehoahaz, uh, Amaziah, son of Joash, became king in Judah. And so we have uh, Jehoash is the king in the northern kingdom, and then we have Amaziah, the king in Judah, the southern kingdom. It says he was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. He did what was right in the Lord's sight, but, uh, but not like his ancestor David. He did everything his father Joash had done. And so, in other words, the word says he did right uh, in the Lord's sight, but he wasn't as zealous. He didn't do everything that David had, did, had done, but he, he, still did, he still did right. You know, but he still left some things, whereas David eradicated everything. And so... Uh, it says uh, he left the high places, they were not taken down, and people continued to sacrifice, burn offerings on the high places, which was idol worship, which is against what the Lord wanted to happen. So then we see in verse 5, it says, as soon as the kingdom was firmly in his grasp, uh, Amaziah killed his servants who had killed his father, the king. Remember, the servants had killed his father, you know, and we won't find out the details of that until later on in, in, in Chronicles. Uh, but the servants has killed his father. And so Amaziah is, is you know, this is retribution. And so it says in verse 6, However, he did not put the children of the killers to death, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, where the Lord commanded fathers are not to, put the, uh, fathers are not to be put to death because of the children, and children are not to be put to death because of the fathers. Instead, each one will be put to death for his own sin. And so... <clears throat> Uh, so he did not extend his retribution to the families. It was just the men that had assassinated his father. And then in verse 7, it says, Amaziah killed 10,000 Edomites in, salt, in the Salt Valley. And in, in verse 8, uh, Amaziah then sent word uh, via messengers to um, Jehoash, son of Jehoahaz, son of Jehu, king of Israel, and challenged him. Come, let's meet face to face. And so you have the king of the south sending word to the king of the north, you know, to his brother, the king of the north, come, 
let's meet. Essentially, he's saying, come, let's meet in battle. That's what he's saying. Come, let's meet in battle. And so, uh, and so then uh, Jehoash responds, and he, he tells them, he says, well, in verse 10, you have indeed defeated Edom. Uh, therefore, you have become overconfident. Enjoy your glory and stay at home. And so the king in, in, in Israel is displaying some restraint and some wisdom towards his brother. He says, you know, you, you're kind of puffed up now because you defeated Edom, and now you want to come after me? No, 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 no. Don't just go home and chill and enjoy, celebrate, whatever. But Amaziah, I, but Amaziah didn't want to have anything to do with that. He didn't want to hear it. So it says in verse 11, but Amaziah would not listen. So King Joash, uh, Jehoash, I should say, uh, of Israel advanced, uh, and the king, he and King Amaziah of Judah met face to face at Beth Shemesh, uh, that belonged to Judah. Judah was routed before Israel, and each man fled to his own tent. And so the king of Israel, the northern king, warned them, don't come against me. Amaziah wouldn't hear it. He didn't want to take it. He said, let's go, and he got routed. And so... Um, that shows you what pride can do, right? Because he had just come off this big victory against Edom. He thought, well, I'm going to take down these guys and my brothers in the north. And so <clears throat> that didn't happen. And then it says uh, in verse 16, Jehoash rested with his fathers, and he was buried in Samaria with the kings of Israel. His son Jeroboam became king in his place. And so this is Jeroboam II. This is, if you recall, there was a previous Jeroboam of which uh, the, the first, if you will, king of the north. And uh, that is, uh, he is the one that the word is always referring to that didn't follow in the ways of the Lord in comparing all the subsequent kings to his sin. And so, but this is Jeroboam II. This is a different one. And so then in verse 17, Judas king Amaziah, son of Joash, lived 15 years after the death of, Isra of Israel's king uh, Jehoash, son of Jehoash. And so uh, we go on to chapter, uh, excuse me, verse 19. A conspiracy was formed against him in Jerusalem, and he fled to Lachish. However, men were sent after him to Lachish, and they put him to death there. So they carried him back on horses, and he was buried in Jerusalem with his fathers in the city of David. And so <clears throat> this is just, just a tale. We're always getting into this treacherous uh, behind the backstabbing. Among, these are amongst brothers, remember? These are amongst brothers. And so in verse 21, it says, Then all the people of Judah um, uh, took Azariah, who was 16 years old, and made him king in the place of his father, Amaziah. So... Uh, <clears throat> Amaziah was a father that got assassinated, and then Azariah was 16 years old. His son, he's the one that became king in Judah. Verse 23, in the 15th year of Judah's king, uh, Amaziah, son of Joash, Jeroboam, son of jo Jehoash, became king in Israel, in Samaria, and he reigned 41 years. Uh, he did what was evil in the Lord's sight. And so here we continue our string of evil kings in the north. And then the word says that in verse 27, the Lord had not said he would blot out the name of Israel under heaven. So he delivered them by hand of Jeroboam, son of uh, Jehoash. And so even though they, they continuously were evil, evil, evil in the north, the Lord never said that I would blot them out, that I would wipe them out. And so even though Jeroboam had done evil in the sight of the Lord, the Lord still used him to deliver the people, even though they had been doing evil. 
And so the, the, the moral of the story, in my opinion, is that the Lord's patience for us is immense. Even when we continuously do things that we know we shouldn't be doing against his, against his spirit, against his character and whatnot, he still is seeking to deliver us essentially from ourselves is what it boils down to. And so it says in verse 19, Jeroboam rested with his fathers, the kings of Israel. His son Zechariah became king in his place. Chapter 15, verse 1. In the 27th year of, of Israel's king Jeroboam, um, Azariah, son of Amaziah, became king of Judah. He was 16 years old when, we, when he became king, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. So thus far, this is the longest reigning king in the north or the south that we see. So he's the king of Judah, reigned 52 years. In verse 3, uh, Azariah did what was right in the Lord's sight, just as his father Amaziah had done. Yet the high places were not taken away. So this is this is a consistent theme in the South. They have a consistent stream of kings who do right in the Lord's sight, but they don't do everything they could do to get rid of the sin and idolatry that's in the land. And so again, like there's a string of consistent evil kings in the North, there's a string of good kings in the South, but they don't do everything they could do. It seems like they do they do, I'm not going to say just enough, but, uh, you know, they, they, they do what was right, but they're not overly zealous for the Lord like David was. And so then in verse 5, it says, The Lord afflicted the king, and he had a serious skin d disease until the day of his death. He lived in quarantine while Jotham, uh, the king's son, was over the, house, was over the household governing the people of the land. Now, the word says that uh, Azariah was a good king. And he reigned for 52 years, yet the Lord inflicted him with a serious skin disease uh, until the day of his death. Now, I don't know if that caused his death or not, but why would the Lord do that? If he was a good king, why would he? And so I don't, I don't know. And, and so then in verse 7, it says, Azariah rested with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. His son Jotham became king in his place. But he reigned for 52 years. In verse 8, in the 38th year of Judah's king um, Azariah, Zechariah, son of Jeroboam, reigned over Israel in Samaria for six months. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, as his fathers had done. And then uh, it says in verse 10, Shalom, or Shalom, or Shalom, I guess, yeah, Shalom, son of Jabesh, conspired against Zechariah. He struck him down publicly, killed him, and became king in his place. Now, the important thing here is that Zechariah became king. He was the fourth son of Jehu to become king. And the Lord had promised Jehu that you would have four generations of sons on the throne. And that's exactly what happened. And so, but he was struck down uh, by Shalem. And it says in verse 12, the word of the Lord that he spoke, uh, that he spoke to Jehu was, four generations of your sons will sit on the throne of Israel. And it was so. So Zechariah was the fourth generation, the fourth son. He got assassinated, but there were still four sons on the throne. And verse 13, uh, in the 39th year of Judah's king Uzziah. Now, King Uzziah, uh, Uzziah, as we'll see in Chronicles, is another name for Azariah. They're the same person. And so for whatever reason, the word is calling um, Azariah in this particular verse, King Uzziah. I don't know why. 
And it says, in the 39th year of Judah's king Uzziah, Shalom, son of uh, Jabesh, became king. He reigned in Samaria a full month. <laughs> uh, then Menahem, son of Gadi, uh, came up from Tirzah to Samaria and struck down Shalom, son of Jabesh, there. And so, so Shalom struck down Zechariah, and then a month later, he was struck down. So what? Treachery breeds treachery, basically, is what's happening here. Um, it says he killed him and became king in his place. And so now uh, uh, Menahem is now the king. And then uh, it goes on, like in verse 13, it says, uh, at that time, starting from Tirzah, Menahem attacked um, another city. And then it says, all who were in it and its territory, uh, because they wouldn't surrender. And so they wouldn't surrender to this king. I guess they, they viewed him as a false king. And so then it says, he ripped open all the pregnant women. And so he put an end to this insurrection. Uh, I guess it wasn't an insurrection because they never surrendered in the first place. But this just reveals how treacherous and how brutal he was. He ripped open all the pregnant women. And it says that in verse 18, he did what was evil in the Lord's sight, obviously. Throughout his reign, he did not turn away from the sins Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had caused Israel to commit. And then it goes on to say in verse 22, uh, uh, Menahem rested with his fathers and his son uh, Pe uh, Pekahiah. Yeah, Pekahiah became king in his place. <clears throat> in verse 23, in the 50th year of Judah's king Azariah, Pekahiah, son of Menahem, became king over Israel and Samaria, and he reigned for two years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight. Again, continuing the family tradition always doing what was evil in the Lord's sight in the north as far as their kingdom sequence is concerned or their kingship sequence is concerned. In verse 25, uh, then his uh, officer Pekah, son of Remaliah, uh, conspired against him and struck, down, and struck him down in Samaria uh, at the citadel of the king's palace with Argob and, Ar and Ariah. There were 50 Gileadite men uh, with Pekah. He killed uh, Pekahiah and became king in his place. Again, more treachery, more killing in order to ascend to the throne. Then it says in verse 27, in the 52nd year of Judah's king of uh, Azariah, Pekah, son of Remaliah, uh, became king over Israel in Samaria and he reigned 20 years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He didn't turn away, you know, from sin, from the sins that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had caused uh, Israel to commit. This sentence here, he did not turn away from the sins Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had caused Israel to commit, is repeated numerous times. Um, we'll see with all the kings in, in the north. And so, again, we see that Jeroboam is being used uh, as an example of what not to do, basically. And then it says, then Hosea, son of Eli, organized a conspiracy against Pekah, son of Remaliah. He attacked him, killed him, and became king in his place in the 20th year of Jotham, son of Uzziah, and so, or son of um, uh, Azariah, same person again. And so, <clears throat> again, another assassination in the north to become the king in the former king's place. And then it says, in the second year of Israel's king Pekah, son of Remaliah, Jotham, uh, son of Uzziah, became king in Judah. He was 25 years old when he became king. 
and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. He did what was right in the Lord's sight, just as his father, Uzziah, or Azariah, had done. And so, and again, in the north, we're seeing another extension of a king who did what was right in the sight of the Lord. And it said, yet the high places were not taken away. So the same thing. It didn't take away the high places that the people went up and worshiped idols on. And then it says, in those days, the Lord began to send uh, Aram's king Rezin and Pekah's son of Remaliah against Judah. Now, why was this happening? I don't know. I don't know why the Lord would start to send enemies uh, or, or, or attacks against Judah when it seemed like the, uh, uh, the Judean kings were good kings. And so I, I don't get it. But anyway, in verse 38, it says, Jotham rested with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city um, in the city of his ancestor, David. His son Ahaz became king in his place. And then in chapter 16, we see that uh, in the 17th year of Pekah, son of Remaliah, Ahaz, son of, Johaz, uh, son, son of Jotham, became king of Judah. Ahaz was 20 years old when he became king, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. He did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord his God like his ancestor David, but walked in the ways of the kings of Israel. So we see that in Judah, so here's a king in Judah now. Judah has had a succession of good kings, but Ahaz was not. He walked in the ways of the kings of the north. He even sacrificed his son in the fire imitating the detestable practices of the nations of the Lord had um, the detestable practices of the nations the Lord had deposed before the Israelites. The Lord found this practice, you know, human sacrifice, child sacrifice detestable. And so this is what Ahaz did, you know, so he mimics some of the um, pagan religions. And then it says in verse five, then Aram's king Rezin and Israel's king Pekah, son of Remaliah, came to wage war against Jerusalem. They besieged Ahaz, uh, but were not able to conquer him. And so the king of the north and somebody else came down to help him. So Ahaz sent uh, messengers to the king um, uh, Tiglath-Pileser of, of Assyria, saying, I am your servant and your son. March up and save me from the grasp of, of the king of Aram and the king of Israel. In other words, he says, look, I'm your boy. You know, I'm, I'm, your, I'm your flunky now. Just help me. And so he gathered up some gold and silver and sent it to him. He essentially paid him off. He bribed him, bribed him. And so, uh, and so then the king of Assyria did come. He assisted him. And then he um, he captured Damascus. He deported the people to Kerr, but he put Rezin to death. So he put one of Ahaz's enemies to death. And so Ahaz obviously is in is in um, just a tremendous amount of gratitude. And so it says King Ahaz went to Damascus to meet um, Tiglath-Pileser of Assyria. When he saw that the altar that was in Damascus, uh, King Ahaz sent a model of the altar um, and complete plans for its construction to the priest Uriah. Uriah built the altar according to the instructions uh, King Ahaz sent from Damascus. And so remember, the Lord had instructed the Israels in specific detail how to conduct or how to construct the temple and the altars and, and, and all this stuff. And so uh, Ahaz is now sending stuff, plans back to build a different altar. And it says in verse 14, 
He took the bronze, bronze altar that was before the Lord in front of the temple between his altar and the Lord's temple and put it on the north side of the altar. And then it says in verse 17, then King Ahaz cut off the frames of the water carts and removed the bronze basin from each of them. He took the basin from the bronze oxen that were under it and put it on the stone pavement. And so in other words, he started rearranging the temple and the altar of the Lord in order to satisfy the, the altar uh, for the God of Assyria. It is, so this is heinous. And it says, uh, to satisfy the king of Assyria, he removed from the Lord's temple the Sabbath canopy that had built uh, in the palace, and he closed the outer entrance for the king. And so he starts rearranging and reconstructing the temple of the Lord that the Lord had given specific detail to the Israelites on how to build, you know, to uh, Solomon. He gave them to Solomon how to build. This is how you to do this and this and other. And we're seeing Ahaz is now starting to redo that in order to accommodate the king of Assyria's religion. And with that, we will continue on in chapter 17 tomorrow. Bye-bye.